Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. We are so glad you are here. Um, to those of you who are joining us online, welcome. We're glad you are here joining us virtually this morning. This is a, a wonderful Sunday to be together. So glad to see you all. Um, I am Pastor Nicole, for those of you who uh, don't know, and I'm just so glad to welcome you all this morning. Um, we are doing something just a little bit different this morning. Our worship leader, Nikki, came down with um, an illness, I think yesterday afternoon, so be praying for her. Nikki, if you're watching online, we did this last week with Bo, and we miss you, Nikki, so we hope you're feeling better. We're praying for you, um, but thanks so much to Denise for and, and Rick for leading us um, at the last minute this morning, so just wanted to share that with you all, um, and as always, before we get started, we just want to open up with a quick word of prayer, um, just inviting the Lord into this place and preparing our hearts for worship and to receive the Holy Spirit this morning, so would you join us as we pray? Holy God, we welcome you into this place. God, we know that you have already been here waiting for us. You were drawing us here before we ever left our homes. But God, we pray that you would meet us in a powerful way this morning. God, as we sing these songs, God, would you just help us to feel your presence as we sing these words, God, some of these words might be hard for some of us. Maybe some of us are singing them in faith. God, would you meet us there? God, would you just show up in a special way this morning? God, we long to experience more of you, and we are here to worship you, to lift your name high, and to open ourselves up to you. We anticipate the ways in which you will meet us here. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning as we worship?
fountains flow. Praise Him, praise Him for the wonders of His love. Praise God, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him. is waiting God so loved the world Amen I'm going to read a call to worship for you this morning Praise the Lord all you servants of the Lord who minister by night in the house of the Lord lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord May the Lord bless you from Zion he who is the maker of heaven and earth Psalm 134 
Thank you guys so much for leading us so beautifully in worship. I believe the songs were chosen in advance, and I don't think they were changed, and so I just have to appreciate once again how the songs so beautifully fit the message today. The songs preached my entire message, Um, and I know that's intentional. Nikki works very hard to um, study the passage and find songs, and she did it because those songs just preached a great message, one in which I'm going to preach, but I want to use some of those um, themes that stood out from these songs to guide us into a time of corporate prayer. This is a time where we can gather together before the throne of God um, as a corporate body, as as a body of one, coming before our God interceding for our brothers and sisters, praying for one another, sharing openly with God what we need him to do in our lives, asking him to fill us with more of him because we're not anything without that. So that's what we are doing during this time. I want to invite you to take a posture that is comfortable as we pray together. God, we cannot help but acknowledge this morning. Before we go any further, we acknowledge your great love for us. God, it's just beautiful to think about your love for the entire world, which we just sang about. And God, it's just beautiful as we think about that that love existed from the very beginning as you intentionally and perfectly created every living thing that has breath, you did so with love. You filled us with your breath, with your life. And God, your love is seen and it's evident in so many ways. In so many ways in creation and we thank you. We thank you, God, that at any moment we can stop and we can be reminded through creation, through others, of your love, and it's a love that was so consuming that you came and you stepped into our broken world. You stepped into our mess. The light stepped into darkness and embodied love took on flesh so that we could see and experience this love tangibly. And God, it's that love that sent you to the cross. Jesus, we thank you that you were willing to give your life so that we might find this love which we sing about this morning. And God, we praise you that when we come to know you, when we experience your love and your grace in our lives, we cannot help but be drawn closer to you. It pulls us in. And God, we thank you for your grace that moves in our lives in so many ways before we even see it or recognize it. God, we thank you for the creative ways in which you demonstrate your love and communicate your love to us. God, we thank you that as we walk with you, as we walk closely in relationship with you, Lord Jesus, You, through your grace, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you help us to live a life in freedom. God, we thank you that we can live a life that is free from the burden of sin. We thank you, God, that only through you, not by our will, but only through your will, that we can overcome the grips of sin. God, we long for that. We long to continue to experience freedom over our sin. God, it's only through your grace, through your power that is within us. Holy Spirit, come fill us up so that not only can we experience transformed lives, so not only that we can can experience new, full, abundant life in Christ Jesus, our risen Lord, but so we can go out into the dark, broken, lost, overwhelmed world, and we can be tangible light in the world, and we can point them to freedom. We can point them to abundant and full life in Christ only through your power, 
Holy Spirit. We ask that you would fill us once again with your love and your power that sends us out. That helps us to see people where they are and meets them in their lost and brokenness. God, we pray this morning for those of our, those are our brothers and sisters who are not able to be here with us today. God, we know there is a lot of sickness going around. Many of our, our congregation, they are experiencing sickness, and we just pray for each one of them this morning. You know who they are. God, we just pray for them. Lift them up. Help them to know that you are with them. Bring healing and rest to their bodies. We pray. God, we pray for those who are recovering from surgeries. God, we remember Sarah this morning and Wade. We ask that you be with them. Be with Sarah in her recovery. God, help her to get rest and her strength. God, we pray for those who are just experiencing periods of, of loneliness or, or grief or anxiety or depression or stress, feelings of just feeling overwhelmed. God, would you draw near to those this morning? Give us your strength. Help us to see and experience your love and help us to take on your burden, which is light. God, as we open up your word, I pray right now, I pray, God, that you would speak through these words which have been prepared. God, I pray that you would open up our hearts to hear and to receive this morning the word that you have for your people. God, we pray, set us on a holy fire. We pray this in the name of God our Father, in the name of Jesus Christ the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. For those of you who are just joining us today, maybe for the first time or for many in the room, it's just the first time in a long time. Welcome back. We are so glad to see you. And I uh, just want to share with you all that we have been, literally the title of my notes this morning is Gospel of Luke Week 20. (laughs) Yes, you heard that right. Week 20. And everyone else who's been here is like, yep, week 20. (laughs) We've been in the gospel of Luke for ages, uh, but it's been rich. It has been good. I think it's been helpful. Let me just say for me, it's been transformational, truly. Um, I think walking through the gospel of Luke has just helped me to see the life and ministry of Christ in a new and powerful way, and it's been truly rich. And so that's what we are doing. We are walking through Luke. Uh, We kind of went out of order over these past few weeks just due to some things that came up that made me say, hey, I think this message needs to be here and this one here. So this week, we are in Luke chapter 19. If you want to open up your Bibles or your Bible apps, it's also going to be on the screen, and I'm going to invite those who are able to stand with us this morning as we read from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, probably a very familiar story for many of you. This is the word of God that says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, He could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today 
Salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of God for the people of God this morning. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, as I said a moment ago, this is probably a well-known story for most of you. Maybe we could step out and say all of you. How many of you were singing the song in your head as we sang or as we read through the story? Anybody? Anybody? Yes? Like, I can't, there's, it's just impossible at this point. We will always sing the song as we read through the story, maybe even in heaven. I don't know. We'll talk about Zacchaeus and start bursting out in song uh, because that's just what comes to mind. You know, but what the song doesn't mention is that Zacchaeus is not a very nice person in the eyes of many, right? He's despised, actually. The song doesn't mention that Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector, and, and, and that implies all the, the things that make people strongly dislike Zacchaeus. We read, as Luke writes, that he is the chief tax collector. Here's what you need to know about that title, It means that Zacchaeus was responsible to the Roman government for an entire region. He had numerous tax collectors under his authority, which meant more of this, right? He was extremely wealthy, extremely wealthy. And he also, this title also places Zacchaeus in the the furthest margins of Jewish society, He's despised. Some might call him or refer to him as, forgive me for being so blunt, but the scum of the earth. That's how many would have viewed Zacchaeus. He's scum, he's despicable, and what he does is disgusting, right? Especially those who are giving him all of their money and watching him live in luxury, very upsetting to many. He's the chief tax collector of his day, or you could say, I bet many would say, how about the chief sinner of his day? Many might label him that, Zacchaeus, chief sinner of his day. And yet it's those details that make the story of Zacchaeus so great. I love how scholar Trimper Longman says this, Being both wealthy and a member of a generally despised group, Zacchaeus is a notable subject for the saving grace of God. Zacchaeus is a notable subject for the saving grace of God. In other words, this is who Jesus came to save. This is who Jesus came to find. I've been telling our people for many weeks now that we are nearing the end of the gospel of Luke. I promise. I know I keep saying that and you're like, yeah, right. We're just keep going, but we are nearing the end. And that's significant because it means we are headed toward the cross and and, and we'll briefly touch on that. That's something that we do as we approach the season of Easter. But we just know that as we enter the end of, or as we come into the end of the gospel of Luke, Jesus is nearing the cross. And and at this point, he has his eyes fixed on Jerusalem. He has his eyes fixated on the cross, and he looks at people like Zacchaeus, who is despised, who is the scum of the earth, and he says, this is why I came. I came to seek and to save the lost, the despised, the broken, the marginalized. That's why Jesus came. The kind of life that Jesus came to give Zacchaeus, friends, you need to know and understand that this is the kind of life he came to give to all of us. All of you who are here today, the longtime Christians, those who have maybe wavered along the way and you're just not sure where you are, and those who just maybe in your heart, maybe no one would know, but in your heart you've checked out. You show up, but you're not in it. Jesus came to give you this new life, which we are about to explore as he did for Zacchaeus. The question is, will you, my dear friends, will you receive this new life and grace Jesus came to bring? Will you 
Each one of you who are here, will you receive this grace here and now in a new and powerful way, even here today? I wonder how many here can relate to Zacchaeus. Is there anyone that can relate to Zacchaeus this morning? Okay, so we have kids here today, right? Our kiddos are in the room. This is the first Sunday of the month. Our kiddos are in the room. I wonder if I could ask the kids to do something for me. I'd like to have a word with the kids for a moment, if I can. So if you're a kid and if you're comfortable, could you come and sit like in these first two rows for me? I'm throwing everybody off. I'm sorry, you guys. Come sit in these first two rows. I'm going to move my stuff. And I want you guys to come sit. We're going to move this over here because it's spilling. All right. I'm going to let you go back to your seats in a moment. And I'm not going to make you do anything embarrassing. You don't have to talk. You don't have to do anything embarrassing. I just want to talk to you guys. Adults, can I have a word with the kids? Are you okay with that? All right. They're here with us, and I had a special thing to say to them. So forgive me as I take a moment. Kids, and I know that there are some that maybe aren't here in this spot, but I'm talking to all of you. Kids, I wonder if you can relate to Zacchaeus in the way that he loved or that he in the story climbed a tree, right? How many of you have climbed a tree? Yeah? Many of you have been to my house and I've seen you climb trees. And so I know some of you like to climb trees. I wonder if when you read the story of Zacchaeus, you love to think about this older man. He's a grown-up. Have you ever seen a grown-up climb a tree? Have you? No? That's crazy. He's a grown-up and he climbed a tree. He's an old man compared to what you're thinking, like old. And he climbed a tree. I wonder if you can relate to the fact that Zacchaeus climbed a tree. Now, we understand that Zacchaeus climbed a tree probably for multiple reasons, right? I think, yes, gospel writer Luke tells us he was short in stature. I'm not even inserting a joke. Don't just, it's not coming. So just move on. We're moving on. I'm not, I guess I did anyways, but he's short in stature. So maybe he climbed a tree because of that. I understand that. But I also I have a suspicion that he was climbing the tree to hide because it would have been embarrassing for a grown, wealthy, rich guy to climb a tree. That would have been crazy. People would have been like, what is he doing? But do you know that Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus in a very powerful way? Children, here's what I want to tell you. In the chapter just before the story of Zacchaeus in Luke 18, did you know there's a story where a bunch of people were wanting to bring their babies and their kids to Jesus so that he could bless them? And Jesus' disciples, his closest followers and friends said, no, 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 take your kids and go home. Jesus doesn't have time to bless your children. And do you know, kids, what Jesus said to his disciples? I'm going to read it to you. Jesus said to his disciples, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. That means do not stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. He says, truly I tell you, that's Jesus' way of saying pay attention because this is serious. He says, truly I tell you, anyone, kids, listen, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will not enter into it. Here's what I want you to know, you guys. I think you guys have a strong desire to see Jesus in a very real and powerful way. How many of you would climb a tree to see Jesus? If you knew Jesus was coming, wouldn't you rush up that tree to see him? It's Jesus! And do you know that us adults... As we get older, we become jaded and cynical, which are big words for saying, like, it's not exciting. We don't believe things, like, so easily anymore like you guys do. And do you know what Jesus says? Jesus wants all of us in this room, you guys listening, to see his kingdom through the eyes of these children. That is special, you guys. And so what I want you to know this morning, don't let anyone ever hinder your love for Jesus. Don't let anyone ever make you feel like you shouldn't love him with your whole heart. And if that means during worship you want to jump for joy and praise him and sing loudly, do it. Because Jesus says that he wants that for all of us. Are you got it? Are we good? 
All right, you guys can go back to your seats. Thank you for hearing me out. So we took care of the kids, and maybe they could relate to Zacchaeus in a way. I wonder how many adults in here could relate to Zacchaeus. Maybe not from the standpoint of we feel as despised as he did, although maybe some of you deep down might really feel like people despise you, right? But I wonder if perhaps adults can relate to Zacchaeus in the way that we want to get closer to Jesus. Maybe deep down we really do want to get a closer look at this Jesus, but we find it potentially embarrassing and costly to do so. So we hide. We peek at him. We don't want anyone to know that we're as interested as we are. And so we just kind of hide because maybe it's embarrassing and costly to see him up close. Because did you pay attention to the end of the story? It costs Zacchaeus something to get a closer look at Jesus. There's one observation that I really love. I have a friend, um, a pastor friend. Her name is Susan, and she preached a passage on Zacchaeus recently, and I loved an observation that she made, and so I'm going to borrow it and share it with you this morning. You see, she shared that she wondered if possibly Zacchaeus would have heard of Levi or Matthew, the tax collector, who is a, now a disciple and follower of Jesus, right? Matthew, his name used to be Levi, so that might be confusing, but now his name is Matthew, Is it possible that Zacchaeus, who is a chief tax collector, heard rumblings of this guy who left his tax booth in a moment to follow Jesus? You guys, that's crazy. That's crazy. And a chief tax collector would have stopped in his tracks and thought, what in the world? I need to know more. He left in an instant. What is it about this Jesus that made him do that, I need to know more. I love thinking about the possibility that Zacchaeus saw himself in Matthew, that he was seen and known as he saw Matthew follow or heard of Matthew following Jesus. Is it possible, just imagine with me, is it possible that upon hearing Jesus is coming into his town, This chief tax collector thought of another tax collector who left everything to follow this guy. Is it possible that he wondered, what is it about this Jesus that caused Matthew to leave this life behind? I have to know more about how and why he did this. If he did it, is it possible for me? No, that's crazy. I'm so curious about how or if this could work For me, friends, I wonder if Zacchaeus wondered if there's hope for Matthew. Maybe there's hope for me too. See, one of my favorite articles of faith that the Church of the Nazarene holds is that of provenient grace. Stay with me. I'm not going to get too deep here, but provenient grace is one of my favorites because of its rich and beautiful understanding. See, we as Nazarenes or as Wesleyans, we believe in the provenient grace of God, which is a fancy way of saying the grace that goes before. The grace of God that is always moving, that is always working, that is always drawing us toward the grace of Jesus as we long for something more. Because we do that, by the way. We long for something more. Even us Christians, we long for something more right? That's the grace of God that is always moving and working. And one of the things I love as I think and dwell upon the idea of provenient grace, one of the things that makes me the most excited is thinking about the creative and amazing and unique ways that God reaches people. And sometimes I wonder if we old, stiff Christians get in, the creative, get in the way of the creative ways in which God wants to meet those who have yet to know him, right? He's working in powerful, creative ways, and we say, oh, no, no, you can't do that. You can't hang out with those people. You can't have those people serving in the church. You can't do that. We limit the ways that God wants to move in the lives of others, and therefore, we probably 
at times don't get to witness all the amazing aspects of God's provenient grace. Here's what I, I'm, all this is coming together, okay? I wonder, maybe it had nothing to do with Matthew, the tax collector. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But I submit to you that perhaps the provenient grace of God was already at work in Zacchaeus' heart and life, drawing him near to Jesus, causing him to wonder, maybe there's freedom and hope for me too. And do you know what's so beautiful about the provenient grace of God? Friends, while God is working and moving and drawing us near, working in ways that we cannot always comprehend, when we do ultimately come to see and know Jesus, when we do seek him out, we discover that all along he's already been seeking us. All along he's already been waiting for us. Zacchaeus was seeking Jesus. He climbed a tree. I need you to understand how absurd it would be for a man like Zacchaeus to climb a tree. It's, it's absurd. This would have been completely inappropriate and unheard of. He the provenient grace of God drew him to climb a tree. And he discovers that Jesus meets him with a response that lets him know he knows him. That lets him know he sees him. He's been waiting for him. He desires to dine with him. Because Zacchaeus, did you notice? He's not caught off guard. Not really. Instead, he comes down immediately and gladly welcomes Jesus into his home. This despised tax collector whose entire life is going to offend this Jesus, this chief sinner is delighted to take Jesus into his home because that's what the provenient grace of God does. It's the provenient grace of God that goes before. It's the provenient grace of God that, that draws us near. It's the provenient grace of God that prepares our hearts so that when Jesus gives us that invitation to draw near to him, we have already considered yes, wondering maybe there's hope and freedom for me too. It's pretty remarkable if you think about it, that it'll be costly for Zacchaeus to have Jesus into his home with all his stuff, with the the, the kind of the evidence of his lifestyle, right? Tangible reminders all around his home that his life looks nothing like Jesus who literally travels with a bag and that's it, right? He's going to be confronted as Jesus comes into his home. He's gonna be vulnerable with Jesus. Some of you still need to continue to be vulnerable with Jesus, Jesus invited. Notice, he didn't demand. He invited. I know it kind of sounds like a command, but it's really just an excited invitation. Zacchaeus could have said no. Did you read the story of the rich young ruler? He said no. He walked away. He didn't want Jesus to confront his lifestyle. So he left empty-handed and brokenhearted. Zacchaeus had a choice. He could have said no, but he welcomes Jesus into his home to open up himself to Jesus, letting Jesus confront his life and his sin. And that's the provenient grace of God at work. Friends, if it was the provenient grace of God drawing Zacchaeus near to Jesus that day, then we could say that it was the saving grace of God at work as Jesus enters into the home of Zacchaeus and says, today salvation has come. That's the saving grace of God at work as Zacchaeus receives the invitation. And perhaps, we'll kind of unravel this just a bit further, perhaps it was the purifying and sanctifying grace of God that moved Zacchaeus to give his possessions to the poor, to in that moment change his lifestyle so that it looks more like Jesus. That's not Zacchaeus, that's all the grace of God. The purifying, sanctifying grace of God that makes you look at your life and say, ew, gross, I can't do that anymore. I'm getting rid of it, it's done, it's gone. 
It's the sanctifying grace that moves Zacchaeus to not just quit taking from others. Did you notice that? He doesn't just quit taking from them. He restores what was taken. He gives back what was taken. I don't know where you are on this journey of grace today. But I think we need a reminder that the grace of God is always moving and working. The grace of God has always been moving and working in your life. Drawing you closer and closer to Jesus. Even if you are a believer, a lifelong Christian, the grace of God is at work here and now pulling you closer to him. I don't know which work of grace he wants you to discover today. Maybe you're still on the provenient grace discovery. You're just now noticing the ways in which God has actually been working in your life this whole time. Maybe some of you are needing to experience the saving grace of God for the first time. Maybe some of you are longing to experience the purifying, sanctifying grace of God that wants to make you new, that wants to make you look even more like Jesus. Because friends, we're going to be on that journey until we reach glory. And can I just say that for some of us, we just need to stop getting in the way of the provenient grace of God in the lives of others. Let him do his thing. Let's love recklessly. Let's love abundantly. Let's love in such a way that causes people to wonder, are they even really, like, do they even really love Jesus? And then we, having gone through the entire gospel of Luke, can say, yes, we're loving like Jesus. We're not pretending or playing anymore. We're showing up for those who he came to seek and save. The question for us today is, as I invite the praise team to come back, as we have a moment of reflection and response, the question for us today is, question for you today, I'm going to make this personal. The question for you right here and right now, will you be a recipient of this grace which Jesus wants to give you? Will you receive more of the grace that God longs and is waiting to give you? What's your response? How will you respond to the grace of God that wants to meet you where you are, wanting and seeking to shape you and to form you? Will you receive all that he wants to give you today? Holy Spirit, come. Open up our hearts and help us to see the ways in which you want to give us more of you, more of your grace today. Help us to receive fully. Amen. Sometimes I'm just amazed by the messages that we hear. So I would like y'all to stand with us and sing this one last song.
transition into um, time at the table, as we like to call it. And what that means is, is we are acknowledging the fact that we as a body are gathering together around the proverbial table as we receive communion together. I always want to encourage you to imagine that there is a giant table set up in this room and that we are walking together to this table open-handedly where we are wanting to receive more grace from God. I love how I've heard pastors put it that these elements which we are about to receive are tangible reminders. That means reminders that you can touch and hold and feel Reminders that God's grace is always moving, always working, even when we can't see it. And we come to this table empty, brokenhearted, experiencing grief, and we wait and anticipate the mysterious way in which God wants to fill us again. And so that's what I want you to consider as you are invited in just a moment to come forward. Each of your rows will be dismissed by an usher. And then we'll just make one line. There'll be a uh, bow. I'll ask you to come down here and you can get ready to help me and I'll be here and Bo will be here and you are gonna be invited. I invite you to come with your hands open, just a way of signifying that you are ready to receive not what I'm gonna give you, but what God wants to give you. As always, before we uh, have our rows dismissed, I'm gonna ask anyone who is not able to come forward to stand and I will bring communion to you. As Jesus said on the night that he was betrayed, he looked forward to celebrating this moment with his disciples and partaking with his disciples. And in the same way, it's a joy and a privilege to gather around this table with you all as we open up ourselves to Jesus. So God, we pray that you would bless these elements. God, help us to receive more of your grace today. Amen. On the night that our Lord was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat and be thankful. 
And after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the blood that was shed and spilled for you. Take and drink and be thankful. Amen. Join with us as we sing the doxology this morning. You're invited to stand as we sing if you are able. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we are going to do something a little bit different and special today, um, just to kind of share what's going on with you. Um, I have decided that during the month of November each year, I would like to um, express my appreciation for people in the church who um, just serve and serve and serve. People who are often not recognized, they certainly aren't paid or reimbursed. They just serve because that's what Jesus does and that's what they do. And so ideally, in in years going forward, I'm going to do like one person a week. But because I haven't done this before and I've already been here for two years and I know that there's some people who just need, who need to understand how much they are appreciated, we're going to do a bunch this month, okay? So this year it's going to be a little overload, but next year it's going to be typically one person a week. However, that is with the exception of today where we wanted one person and only one special person to receive um, a gift that we want to give them. Some of you uh, may be looking around the room and maybe you see some familiar faces that you don't normally see. I wonder if a particular person is just noticing like, wow, there are so many people here who um, I haven't seen in a while. And why is that person here? And so I am going to ask Miss Marcella Qualls if you will please come forward. I know, you're gonna hate it, I know. I've already been warned. Now, for those of you who don't know, maybe some people don't know Miss Marcella very well, you likely never see her because she's always downstairs in the nursery. The reason that some of you who are newer to BFCN, you haven't seen this amazing lady because she is downstairs every single week loving on babies. And Marcella has been in the nursery every week for in this church for over 40 years. But that's just in this church. It goes even beyond that. But here at BFCN, it's been over four decades of showing up, loving on babies, serving in an area that is rarely recognized except by the grateful mamas who are able to drop their babies off and know that they are going to be loved and cared for so that they can go and worship Jesus. Friends, the service of Jesus looks like this. I know she hates it. She hates me right now. And I've only known her for just a few years, obviously, but I have a love for this woman that runs deep. She's just special to me. She's just special to me. And so, Marcella, we want to do a few things for you. Now, the reason that we're doing this is because she is nearing the time where she's ready to kind of step out and let someone else fill that role. She has expressed that to us, and we have amazing volunteers who are stepping in to take and fill that role that we are going to have, that space, that big empty space that she is going to leave. And so we could not let her even dream of stepping out until we recognized her for her faithfulness. And so we are going to do that in a few ways. One, you're not going to see for some time, but I'm just going to tell you because it's happening. Uh, one day we are going to get to re, kind of revamping the kids' ministry area downstairs. We're, we're talking about ideas. We're wanting to paint the walls and paint the doors and new colors and just make it look really fun. I mean, it already looks great, but we want to revamp it. And we've already decided that we're going to call each door or classroom something fun and different. 
but the nursery will be named after Marcella in some way. We haven't decided exactly what it is, but it's going to be Marcella's Corner nonetheless, right? So that's what we're doing. Not yet, but we are doing that. I'm going to help you with this, Marcella. There's stuff that you can look at later, but I just want to present this to you while everyone is here watching you. Marcella, this is just a very small token of our appreciation for the many years that you have served in BFCN in our nursery. And I hope that when you look at this plaque, that it will remind you of how loved and appreciated you are. I hope when you look at this plaque, you will remember the faces of people who are here, who are here because of you. And there's many who I know wanted to be here who couldn't because of you. This is what I want you to picture when you look at this plaque. So can we share our love for her through this plaque? And then there's a few other things in there that I'm going to let you look at later, but just know there's four of them, one for every decade that you have served in the ministry for BFCN. That's, listen, this lady, I hear she would buy things for the nursery and not tell anybody about it. She just bought stuff for the nursery. So we're giving her a gift, a a gift that I hope blesses her, but it's nowhere near big enough to express how much we love and appreciate you, Marcella. Just one more time, share your love and appreciation. Thank you. Marcella, I hope we can still be friends after this. <laughs> she watches my dog too, so do it for Leia if nothing else. <laughs> can I just say, I know I've kept you guys here so long, but can I just say that it's, it's only fitting as I think about the provenient grace of God and the ways that the provenient grace of God moves and works. I just have to tell you that one of the reasons Marcella is so special to me is because on my very first Sunday here, I preached a sermon on community, and, and I was preaching a series on community, but my first sermon just kind of casted a vision that I long and hope for, for this for this church, and that is that we would be a church that values community, and that we would be open to expressing or in, and experiencing community in new and creative ways. And in the sermon, I used an illustration that was like, you know, community is found in so many things, names and titles, like community coffee or community the TV show or a community garden. And I'm just like throwing stuff out there. And Marcella comes up to me afterwards and she said, you know what? I really like that community garden idea. We should do that. And of course, you know, it's my first time meeting her and I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe. That's, that's a great idea. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> And here we are two years later pursuing a community garden because we prayed and and asked the Lord to point us in in a direction and we feel like that's the direction he's pointed us in and he is affirming that along the way. And I just have to say that, friends, I believe that was the provenient grace of God working in and through Marcella and just a random offhanded comment. And I just had to share that because that will always be so special to me. And I'm just so grateful. So thank you for those of you who came to celebrate Marcella. Please don't leave without letting her know that you're here and just loving on her. We're going to transition into a quick, I promise, quick moment of announcements. But first, just watch this quick video. It's real quick. So that's just a little teaser uh, because the season of Advent is right around the corner. It begins in just a few weeks, if you can believe it. And so as we have been doing the past several years, uh, we're going to walk through the season of Advent together as a congregation. Um, And one of the ways that we can do that is through you getting or purchasing a devotional that you can read each day 
uh, during the season of Advent, and that's going to go along with the sermon text, and, um, and sometimes small groups do stuff with that. So that's a way that we can all experience uh, the beauty of Advent together. So if you're interested in one of those books, please see Karen and let her know they are $6 a piece, uh, but they are filled with some great devotionals. So you definitely are getting a lot for that $6. They're really great. So let her know if you'd like. We have a few weeks, but go ahead and get that done quickly because it'll be here before you know it. Um, And then the second and final announcement this morning is that this week on November 10th, we are going to be here. Maybe you noticed the giant wall of shoeboxes in the foyer, and we are going to be filling and packing those shoeboxes this week um, on the 10th. That's going to be here at the church at 10.30 a.m. We are doing that with our homeschool group that meets here on Wednesdays. I know that's not like an ideal time for many of you because you work, uh, but that's just the time frame that we could do that. So if you are available, we'd love to have you come and join us. Um, And just know that each child is going to get one of those shoeboxes It's one, they get one their entire life, and that's it. That's all they get is the one box. Um, You know, they won't receive another box in the future. And so it's really powerful. Thank you all, by the way, speaking of appreciation, thank you all for showing up each and every week throughout this entire year, bringing item after item after item that we are going to use to fill those boxes. So thank you so much. The homeschool group is so thankful, and um, we're excited about that. So Thank you for bearing with us through this long service this morning and all the things. So I'm going to now invite you to stand together, and I'm going to ask that you would receive this benediction this morning. Brothers and sisters in Christ, may you go in the power and the grace of our Lord, the provenient grace, the saving grace, and the sanctifying grace. Would you open yourself up? to the ways in which he wants to fill you and make you new today and this week. You are dismissed. Have a great day.